Are you struggling to make your first 100K or next? Are you pretending you're successful, but barely getting by? Are you tired of comparing yourself to millionaires and billionaires who make it look so easy? Welcome to First 100K, the number one entrepreneur voice in America. I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like how to make your first $100,000, because I believe this is where 90% of entrepreneurs get stuck. And I tackle the mental game of entrepreneurship that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are successful entrepreneurs who share their mistakes, their number one fears, their daily habits, and their superpowers that push them over the 100K mark. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a 10-time failed entrepreneur and the owner of two co-working spaces here in Tampa, Florida. This show was created for you, the entrepreneur who's pushing to break through the elusive 100K milestone. Wherever you are in your business, you're just 100K away. Today, my featured guest is Connie Whitman, known for her high energy, passionate, and enthusiastic approach to teaching and coaching. Connie has been the CEO of Whitman and Associates LLC for 20 plus years, helping ambitious business owners like yourself, leaders like yourself, and sales teams build powerhouse organizations. A number one international bestselling author of her book, ESP, Easy Sales Process, Seven Steps to Sales Success. Uh, speaker, podcast host, and influencer, Connie's inspired teaching, transformational tools, and content ensure that business owners and salespeople grow their revenue streams through enhanced communication skills. Now, as a podcast host, she is thrilled to share inspiring content on her two weekly international podcasts, The Heart-Centered Sales Leader and Enlightenment of Change. You can find her at WhitmanAssoc.com. So let me just spell that for you. It's Whitman. A-S-S-O-C as in cat, dot com. Connie, welcome to your first 100K, top 100 podcasts in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Okay, first, thank you so much for having me on and you're cracking me up. The Whitman is so just totally threw you off. And, you know, I like to make it difficult for people. That means they really have to listen to us, Joseph. That's where I'm going with that. It's a hook. It's, it's, it's like, a hook, baby. What did you say? Tell me more. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Take a minute, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Hmm. That's a tough one. I would say, okay, I have a good one. Um, I would say that I don't share this obviously with, with my clients because they think that, you know, why should I hire her? But I have a lot of limiting beliefs and they, they here's the thing, Joseph, they're very deep rooted in my rec, my record player that goes around and around and around. And I think I work really hard to, and we were talking about this before you started the recording, which monster do you feed, right? The negative mantra that you're, you know, we're born with or those positive things of what I want to create in the world. So I work on that every day and it's, it's hard. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. It's, it's pretty darn hard. Mm. Thank you for being real and transparent right out the gate. I always appreciate that. And it lets me know we're going to have a great conversation because it's real. It's real. Yeah. So what's the biggest limiting belief that holds you back in your business? Success. I don't deserve success. That's the one. That's the biggie. Got it. 
Why is that so, in your opinion? So a couple of reasons. It's interesting. I, I was at a workshop a few years ago and the person facilitating kind of skipped me as she went around the room. And I thought, uh-uh, why is she skipping me? Maybe, maybe what I said was stupid, right? See, again, the limiting, the limiting belief kicking in. <clears throat> she saved me to last, Joseph. And then she came back and I'm like, what do I do, right? We always go to that, what did I do? And so she said, why do you fear success? And however I said, whatever I said, she picked up on it. And I kind of looked at her and I said, well, I'm not really sure. So she really dug in with me and started asking me very you know, specific questions. And this is the long and short of it. Growing up in, I grew up in Newark, New Jersey um, during the riot. So pretty bad time. It's and too bad you don't have a Jersey accent. <laughs> it's charming now. Come on. Right. So <laughs> I grew up in Newark during the riots. And I remember one time driving past these beautiful, beautiful homes in Newark. And I was probably five years old and I was in the back seat. And I said to my parents, like, who lives in these beautiful homes? And at the same time, I remember them kind of looking over their shoulder, you know, behind the wheel and saying, bad people live there. They kill in there, the mob, right? So, you know, as a child, I guess I was taken back. So now fast forward as an adult, I believe that if you have money, if you are successful, if you have a nice house, what'd you do to get it? Was it illegal? Are you a crook? Who'd you kill to get there? So that subconscious was, I guess, weighing on me. And I felt, well, if I become successful, people are like, what did she do? Right? What did she do? Who did she step on? The funniest thing, because this person who was facilitating knows me quite well. She looked at me and she's like, are you stupid? And I go, well, apparently, right? Like, apparently you're looking at me like (laughs) three heads here. And the response was anybody that knows you knows that you come from this holistic, loving, caring perspective that 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 would never be you. And that's the truth. But but that 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 weight from when I was five years old you know, screams at me sometimes like you don't deserve it. Who are you to be successful? You know? So that's, that's where that came from. Crazy, right? Crazy. When you peel back your own onion. So you get it obviously in your head, the way she explained it, like it's illogical, that belief. Totally. Yet we hold on to it and we self-sabotage all our efforts towards success, whatever success However, you define it for yourself. It could 100%. be money. It could be it could be the fancy house of the mafia, right? It could be whatever <laughs> you define it as. So, even though you know now, as an adult, that it's illogical that belief and to let it run your life, why do you think it's still playing in your head? No. Yeah, and and I I I just think that, and I I don't know. I think everybody faces this to some extent. And it goes back to what I started with. What is my my biggest challenge to this day? And it's that internal talk. And I don't know if you know, they did this research um, years ago. It wasn't in the United States. I, I want to say it was Switzerland, but it doesn't matter. The um, research was done on mice. And what they did is they took, they hooked the little electrodes up to the little mice and they put a cherry blossom into the little habitat. And what happens, of course, they, on the, on the feet of these little mice, they did a little electronic current. So the, you know, the, the right, the mouse's um, heart rate would go up. They then what they did is they continue to put the cherry blossom in without the little charge heart rate went up. The, the, this is the cool part of the study. They 
mated the they you know reproduced the, the same mice that they had that experience and they did several reiterations of it over time and the baby 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 right the great ancestors of those original mice they put them in the habitat put the cherry blossom in never had any charge on these little mice's feet and they responded. So we're finding that we not only have our own crap from this lifetime, but we have 14 generations going back of crap that were, I think 14 generations, Joseph's probably the dinosaur days, you know, when we were running from the saber tooth tiger, I'm not really sure, but think about that level of, excuse me, um, burden. And it could be a burden. Some protect us. Some are so outlived mind lies that they're really not serving us anymore. So we have to really think every day. And, and I, I've made it a habit of mine to catch myself when I have those, those kind of mind lies that, that just play over and over and over again. And I think, no, that's your ego talking. Really, what is your soul saying, right? What are you here to do? What is your purpose? What should you be creating? Who are you helping? How are you helping them? And I shift that paradigm of thinking you know, every day. Here's the cool thing. The more you do it, the better the habit becomes that you do it less and less every day, but it happens every day. Those poor little mice. I know, right? They didn't really hurt them. They were little charges. I but, get it. I but get isn't that, isn't that a fascinating study that, you know, well, what we're, I we're... hear from that study and there's many studies, but what I hear from that one specifically is that our limiting beliefs, as well as our empowering beliefs, our beliefs in general, actually can shift our DNA. That's right. Which we pass down to our children and to their children and to their children. That is correct. And then they're born into whatever life we gave them through wherever we settled in our own. That's right. And that that puts a lot of responsibility on us as uh, business owners, but more as parents, for sure. For all our listeners out there that are parents. Um, that's on you. So what are those limiting beliefs that you're carrying that your parents passed on to you unknowingly? Um, Now, here's my real question. Do you believe, Connie Whitman, do you believe that you could ever be set free from that limiting belief as well as the others? Or do you think it must be, life must be, and every day wake up and fight that monster, you called it every single day. I don't deserve success. And you have to willfully fight against it. Or do you believe you can be permanently set free once and for all where it becomes effortless? You don't have that playing anymore in your head. Yeah, I I totally, totally think that. And it's funny, I kind of alluded to that in my last comment, that it really does get easier every day. So you have to work on it, though, right? It's like anything else. The other thing that I truly believe that I am on the path of enlightenment, right? And everybody overuses that word, but I truly believe I am on the path of enlightenment because I have the ability to literally stop in the middle of the day and think, whoa, where did that thought come from? That, you know, that's, you're tired, right? That's, that's negative. Put it away. What do you really need to work on? What do you need to create, right? Create that positive energy um, that needs to flow through us. So I do a lot of self, uh, self work. I do a lot of classes. I have a class Monday night. She's, she's in BC, Canada, uh, West coast time, um, East coast. So eight 30 to 10 o'clock every Monday night, I'm in a class and my husband looks at me like, like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, it's fascinating. I love what she's teaching us. And it's all about the spirituality 
tapping into the divine, right? Listening for those messages, you know, God, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm Christian, you know, I was raised Catholic. So to me, it's God. Um, but it's that divine download that we get every day. You have to listen to it. I choose to listen to it. So it just gets easier and easier. The other thing, Joseph, I want to comment on, why do I think I will be set free? 100% absolutely. And I'm close, man. I'm close, Joe. I'm close. Um, because I, I, I do believe I'm becoming enlightened from the people I surround myself with, the people I network with, the people I do business with, um, the people I include in my life and in my front row of my stage in life, so to speak. Um, I choose and I choose those that resonate with me and bring me higher and higher and higher to that enlightenment. All right, Startup Nation, the reason why I spend so much time with Connie here on that limiting belief that has held her back in her business, and I'm guessing in her personal life as well, is because it's holding you back as you're listening right now. Many of you don't believe that you deserve success. Be real. Go look in the mirror. Can you look yourself in the eye and truly from your heart all the way back up, believe that you deserve success? And I'm not talking about do like this self out loud mantra to yourself. I deserve success. I deserve success. But deep down in your heart and in your subconscious, you're playing the record. No, you don't. Others do. You don't. So if that's the case for you, Connie believes that she can be set free once and for all. I believe you can be set free once and for all, but I think you need help. I think you need help from the outside in, okay? Because we can't see our own label, as they say. We have our own blind spots. The things you don't know, you don't know, right? The thing that's causing the thing behind the thing underneath the thing that's anchoring everything. We all have them. So I believe there is a way out. I get to specialize in that in my private coaching practice and set people like yourself, like Connie, free from these limiting beliefs that hold us back. And once a client is set free, it's permanent. They're set free. They don't have to work on it anymore, ever again. I'm not doing that as a plug. I'm, I'm saying that for you personally, as you're listening right now, ask for help. Stop trying to work on it. Stop trying to figure it out on your own. The lone wolf dies alone. And many of you are lone wolves in your business. Are you not? I know I was. All right. So Connie, thanks for speaking all that uh, mindset stuff, right? Important. Because I, it's, it's critical. Yeah, it's, it's critical. critical, right? Because the many of us, I would say the majority of the planet lives in their head. And if their head has bad code or a virus limiting beliefs, then it's operating their entire life. So this is an important topic, like you said, but let's shift. How'd you, how'd you start this business so many years ago and get to, how long did it take you to get to hundred K? Um, I would say when I started 20 years ago, I was 39. Um, and it's funny because I was making over hundred K in my corporate job. And then the company that bought us didn't want to work for them. They were anti-customer service. Doesn't matter. So I had these babies at home, a one-year-old, four-year-old, 
I come home, I say to my husband, yeah, I, I, I can't work for them. He's like, okay, you know, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to get fired and I want to start my own business. Joseph, we're married 29 years in January. The man gets me, thank God. So yeah, happily married 29 years. So he said, okay, so that's what I did. And here's a couple of critical things, okay? I'm not stupid. So I, I had, by getting fired, I was a senior vice president, had been with the company for 13 years. I had a 13-month package, safety net, plus we had a little money saved, right? So first, first critical tip I say to everybody thinking about starting a business Yes, you're passionate. Yes, I knew I could do it. All those wonderful things, right? I believed in myself. You have to have the financial backing because all of a sudden, quickly, you could turn to failure because you're not paying your bills. And I had two babies at home, right? And a mortgage and the whole thing. And we needed my income. You know, New Jersey, Joseph, not a cheap place to live, right? So, okay, cool. We did that. And I said to my husband, my goal was six months. I had to get one client, excuse me, who would pay my portion of the bills for the household. That was the bare bones. And that was about 60 grand back then. So within six months, I had that. And I thought, okay, cool. By the second year, because I live off- you right there. Sure. Okay. Right there. Sure. How'd you get that first $60,000 client? Because that can be a huge shift for a listener right now to land their next 60,000 client or their first. Yeah. Great question, Joseph. And so here's my answer. Network, network, network. I had, you know, you had been in the industry for 13 years. So I knew a lot of people. And back, we're saying the, the early 90s, uh, companies, specifically the financial industry, were going merger mania, merger mania. So people were landing everywhere. I'm very good at staying in touch with people. So I stayed in touch. And so my first client came from a referral from somebody I knew who trusted, who this is the other important thing. I had a good reputation. I'm honorable. I'm, I have integrity. They know I work hard. Um, so I was easily referred with, you know, to, to meet with the uh, CEO, et cetera. And then I, I ultimately got the, the uh, contract, that first contract. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Sure. So Startup Nation, one, Show up well, show up with integrity in everything you do and do it with excellence. That's rule number one. Yep. That makes you referable as Connie uh, just suggested. Number two is stay in contact with people after the transaction. Or if there's no transaction, stay in contact with the person. Build an actual relationship, a lasting relationship. Doors will open up and you don't know when it could be a month. It could be a year. It could be five years from now. And then that person that blew you off or didn't close on that initial uh, sales call just refers you uh, one of your biggest clients that happens all the time. But so many of us, we just cut people out of our life. Just cut them kind of like a bad ex. Absolutely. You know, a bad relationship. And we don't even give the relationship a chance. So Connie, what's your, your number three top tip uh, for Startup Nation to get over their first 100K this year? And I'm going to build on what you just said. For me, it's that follow-up. You have to be, I call it, be a pit bull. That doesn't mean, and I'm aggressive. That doesn't mean I'm disrespectful. So I am a pit bull that I am focused. When I, when I say I'm going to follow up, I do. Um, if you don't hire me, I'm cool with that. We will stay in contact because I always say, I, I, will, I meet so many people every week, every day with my show, with my, with my clients. You never know who I'm going to meet to say, 
you need to meet Joseph. He's the perfect match for you. So staying in contact and doing that follow-up is really critical. And I, I think it's uh, the statistics, something like 2% of successful business owners, and obviously in my world, salespeople um, make like 80% of the sales, 2% because they follow up. To me, that's just crazy because how hard is it? Put me in your calendar. I come up, have your CRM system. What did you talk to me about last time? What's going on with my family? Make it personal, right? It doesn't always have to be about business. And then what inevitably happens is at some point down the road, even if they don't hire me, they like me because I'm real, right? I'm real. This is who I am no matter where I am. And eventually they, they'll meet somebody that needs to meet me or I'll meet somebody that needs to meet them. So that's my, my other one. You have to follow up and you have to become a connector, not looking for the referral, but you should be connected connecting people weekly. I probably send out introductory emails anywhere from eight to 12 a week where you need to meet you and you need to meet you. You build that reputation, the referrals start coming to you. So I, I, that's the other thing, Joseph, when I refer, there's never a string attached. It's, I truly have these two great people. I think you guys need to create some magic together. All right. Startup nation. How often, or when was the last time that you referred someone where there was nothing in it for you? When was the last time you promised someone or told someone, absolutely, yeah, I'm going to, let me connect you with so-and-so, but then you never did. How many times does this happen? This goes back to the first one. First tip, be of integrity. If you give your word in the matter, whether it's a big word or a little word, always keep your word. Like this is rare in business for some darn reason. People all the time, they make these false promises because they don't actually, like, they're not actually committing to it. They're just saying it because it sounds nice. Yep. And then they don't follow up, but the person heard it as if it was a commitment or a promise that you said you were going to do something and you didn't. How do you think they're going to look at you now? And you wonder why they're ghosting you, (laughs) right? This is what happens. Connie, what do you want to say to that? I, I wanted to share. Can I share a really funny, quick story? Absolutely. So, so you New Jersey, New Jersey Turnpike, traffic, traffic, traffic. Thank you very much, right? So I had this client I was working with in Connecticut, and he said to me, I need to talk to you because I had a board meeting or something like on Tuesday. And I said, dude, I'm training all day, right? I, I don't take a break. I get ready for the afternoon. I literally eat a power bar and I'm ready to go. I'll call you as soon as I get back to my office. And he knew the Jersey traffic being in Connecticut. So I said, if I'm sitting in traffic, I'll just call you from the car, but then you have to take the notes like, and then tell like, send me an email. This is what you agreed to kind of thing. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 So the day comes Tuesday, I'm in the car sitting in traffic and I'm thinking, no way am I going to make it back to my office to call this guy. So I it was 515. I told him I'll call you between 5, 530. 515, Joseph, this is no joke. So I call him from the car, Bluetooth. And uh, he, I, I said, hey, Bill, Bill is his name. And I said, hey, Bill, it's con, you know, traffic on the, on the turnpike. And he starts laughing. And I go, what's so funny that I'm sitting in traffic? He said, no, I almost 
picked up the phone going, hey, Khan, how's the traffic? And he said, but then I thought, what if it's my wife? And she says, who is this Khan that you speak of and why is she in traffic? So I said, well, now, wait a minute. How did you know it was me? And, and he giggled again. And he said, you said between 5 and 5.30, it's 5.15. You're the only crazy person that almost follows up to the minute that you promised. I said, so you're saying I'm predictable. We had a good laugh. But t- can I tell you, that was such an important for me thinking, wow, he not only knew it was me, he appreciated that I delivered what I said, because I could have said, oh, I forgot. I was sitting in traffic. I was aggravated. I'll just call you the next day. He needed the information. So who am I to determine whether it could wait till the next day? I called him at 515. True story. Hysterical. I laugh every time I tell it. It's a good story. Startup Nation, what we're talking about, these intangible things like show up with integrity, stay in touch with people, uh, follow up relentlessly and make introductions for people. These are all relational type of uh, things to do, right? Yeah. On your to-do list. But isn't business relational? I mean, think about it. All the transactions come from relationships somehow introductions somehow. So don't think, don't take this episode for granted. Instead, stop acting like a know-it-all and write and take notes and ask yourself where you're doing these three things that Connie is giving you and where you're not. And really take an honest look because I bet you that if you start to clean up what you say yes to, And what you say no to, and because you're only going to say yes to things that you will follow up with and you can't follow up with everything, it makes, it it cleans up your entire business. It really does. It it frees up your time. That's first and foremost. You will, you will save time and get time back when you start saying yes to only things you're actually going to do and telling people only things you're going to, to keep your word in the matter. And then two it builds your credibility with these people. Cause as Connie said, that stands out. So now you're the guy or the gal they're going to call when the opportunity finally presents itself to them for you. Why you're their first choice because you're of integrity. They know you're going to keep your word. So I hope this episode was powerful for you as it was for me. Uh, we're speaking with Connie Whitman, Connie, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready? I am ready. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur? The freedom. What is your least favorite thing? Um, Hard work. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's hard work. Yeah. (laughs) It's probably mine too. Yeah. What what are you most afraid of? Um, Failure. Got it. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life, just part of the human condition. What are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Um, I think supporting my kids, they're both, you know, one graduated, one's graduating. So I think supporting them the way they need it to become the productive adults that they should become, you know, what's that next step? I've never done it before. So, you know, want to be a good parent. Uncharted territory. Yeah, Yeah, truly, truly. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Um, worrying about money. Got it. What secret fear do you have about people? That I won't be liked. 
Yeah. What's a new habit you want to form? Uh, more consistency with uh, being efficient with my time. Got it. And what's a bad habit you want to break? <laughs> I want to get better eating habits. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Hey, Sugar. Sugar is the enemy. Sugar is the enemy. <laughs> what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? That everything works out the way it's supposed to be. Just be true to yourself. Yeah. Same for life. Yeah. Pick three, pick three words to describe who you are now. Respect, kind, and loving. Got it. Pick three words to describe who you are your first year in this business. Um, angry. Uh, three words when I was bad. So angry, frustrated, and um, very fearful. Mm. And last question, Connie, if you could come back to life after you died, look your husband, your kids in the eye, your family members, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, all of life. What would you say to them? Probably be, be, live, live your truth and live your purpose. The rest falls into place. It's happiness. Got it. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first 100K this year during a pandemic? Can I tell you, it's easier now than ever because of the internet and your capability of networking. Just really find your people and network and support and love and share freely. It comes back to you bazillion times back. Startup Nation, the more you keep your word and the more you invest in people right now in these times where people are lonely and scared and afraid, yes. the more your business is going to just explode with new revenue. Absolutely. Connie, what's the best way for uh, Startup Nation to get in touch with you, to get your, your books, to get your, your, your podcast? What do you got for them? One-stop shop, <laughs> your favorite URL, go to Whitman Associates. So it's W-H-I-T-M-A-N-A-S-S-O-C.com, book, masterclasses, podcasts. I have a ton of free resources for people struggling with sales. Um, my email's there, just WhitmanAssos.com, one-stop shop. All right, Startup Nation, Connie Whitman just gave you the basics of sales. If you want to win in sales, follow those three tips. It's all about people. It's about the people, people. Okay? That's okay? Okay. All right, Thank Connie, you. Thank, thank you, you for Joseph. being on your first 100K. You. I wish you God's love, peace, yep. and joy in your life. You too. Thanks. Startup Nation, I help men blow up rocks. You know, the rock that's standing between you and your wife and blocking intimacy. The rock standing between you and your kids, blocking you from communicating and connecting with them. The rocks in your head from childhood and trauma that make you feel like an imposter in your own business. The secret rock that weighs you down every single day. It's not about going in and doing consciousness woo-woo work. No, it's about saying, hey, there's rocks standing between you and true success. Do you want to go blow them up together? If you want to blow up the rocks in your life to smithereens so that you can scale your income and your impact, visit blowuprocks.com to learn more. That's blowuprocks.com. Have a blessed week and I'll see you on the next episode.